Welcome to Simon Says Inspire, a podcast about life, leadership, and building legacies. I'm John Simon Sr. And I'm Dina Simon. Our guest today is Mick White. Mick is the founder of the 100-Year Manifesto on a mission to help get life right. Mick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. Truly a pleasure and honor, and um, I'm humbled to be uh, with the two of you today. It's same for us. Mick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I grew up in rural Illinois and kind of a very traditional Midwestern family and out of college. I have two older sisters. Uh, we all thought we were going to be school teachers. They're uh, both older than me. They're elementary school teachers today, which means that I was their forever student. And no matter what, I've always been the, the one that they've been teaching me throughout my life. But I ended up not going into education, even though that, that was my major. And I ended up working uh, in my mom and dad's insurance office for about 15 years in Illinois. And then I moved to Minnesota at age 30 and just started a new career here. I wanted to experience something other than what I had previously known and just kind of went, I, I had planned on being here for a couple of years and then moved back, you know, closer to home. And then I met this girl. And as often the way that story works, 15, 16 years later, I am still in Minnesota and Minnesota is now as much of home as any other place is. And along that journey, I think I just, a lot of life happened. And what I thought was the direction I was going, I found that what I really wanted to talk about was what's your legacy and your meaning really all about? And so coming from 20 to 25 years in the insurance and the investment world, building firms, leading advisors to transitioning to maybe a bigger question of if we made decisions today based on what's really important 100 years from now, how different our decisions would be from parenting to relationships to business. And maybe if we have a different framework for that, maybe we would live uh, differently today. So it's kind of like I didn't expect to be in Minnesota at age you know, 47. I had never been to Minnesota before I moved here. Uh, looking back, I think some of the decisions that I made, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. But I'm here. And had I not made those choices, I wouldn't have been on a podcast with you two today. You know, I was just up there last week uh, for the Minnesota State Fair. And we did a podcast from the fair. And if you enjoy it up there half as much as I do, you landed in a pretty good place. Yeah, it's been amazing. Like, I love the people here as much as there's the Minnesota nice. I've also found like people are really genuine. And St. Paul is where I live. And in particular, it just has a, a, a small town feel that reminds me of my hometown. So the legacy piece, right, that you talked about, one of the reasons we're so excited to have you on the podcast, because our podcast is about life, leadership, and building legacies, you know, three things, three areas that you definitely can speak on. So just super excited to have you on. So thank you for joining us. You know, I, I read something the other day, and it's been said that the two most important days of your life are the day that you're born and the day you find out why. Love that. Yeah. You know, part of, and I share this, you know, when I speak, I just got back from Mexico City speaking. And so part of my story, one of the reasons why I made a major transition in my life was 12 years ago, my mom passed away at age 58 from an accidental overdose of aspirin. So it happened very suddenly. And of, of all the things that she left behind, my mom was certainly a unique person, like all moms are, but she, there was two things 
that she was known for. One is she loved the color orange and not just, you know, I like it. Like everything in her life was orange from her car to her telephone to, you know, the glasses, you know, growing up, like it was a lot and it's great when it's somebody else's mom and when right. it's you know, your mom, it's just, uh, it was a lot, but it's what she was known for. And so she wore orange every single day. And uh, because she loved the color orange, I wear orange every single day because I loved my mom. And so she was known for loving the color orange and she was known for loving people. And that I think so often in life, we don't have metrics on what success really looks like outside of we have vanity metrics around income or net worth or different things. My mom's life was measured of success at her visitation when seven hours of people showed up wearing the color orange. All the flower shops in my hometown sold out of orange flowers and all these people, their stories were the same that my mom loved them. But of, of all the things that my mom left behind for us kids, the one that I treasure the most was her handwriting. And it just said, I love you, mom. And I got it tattooed on my forearm late last year because that's her legacy was this legacy of love. And so I think I had the opportunity to work alongside my mom. I had to fire my mom one time, which was a, <laughs> A conversation maybe for a different podcast, <laughs> but it's really, I, I texted my dad yesterday. I'm like, what, what was your goal for your family and your kids as a father? I'm always asking these questions of like, do other people think about these things as much as I do? Sure. Of, for, for me, my goal for my son is I want to raise a healthy boy who loves uh, his family, his God his neighbors who serves in the community and treats his fellow man out of love. And I always, I'm always asking like, what's your goal in all of this? What's your goal as a human, as a parent, as a business owner, whatever that may be, right. like what are we really trying to solve for in, in life and in le leadership and building legacies? Like let's slow down everybody. Yeah. And, ask the questions that are hard to answer. And if it's a hard question to answer, it's probably a really good question. Exactly. Exactly. What did your dad say? You know, as he mostly does, he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like I, I've asked him these questions over the years. And I think what I appreciate about him is he didn't necessarily have a deep philosophy about these things or, you know, created like his hundred year manifesto that he could frame on the wall as much as he just lived a really great example of what love looks like, of what fatherhood looks like. And maybe he hadn't articulated it, but his life was the sermon. His life was the lessons that he was teaching. And so oftentimes I'll ask him these questions like, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good question, Mick. I'm like, sit there. I'm like, I made a few words. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> he just and I think mom, too, like they just both lived and my dad continues to live just this legacy of of love and community. Mother Teresa had a quote about maybe I was put on this earth to, to be an ordinary person, not to do anything great, but to do something small out of great love. And maybe you know that they just show up 
and serve out of great love. And that's their thing. Right. And they don't right. have this huge TikTok, Instagram, you know, all these influencers winning all these awards. Certainly my dad has his success in his own right in right. business. But it doesn't have to be that you're a famous philosopher. He just lives a good a good life. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask just a really quick question about the orange. So why orange? And did you ever like do any research on like the power of orange? Is there anything there? I think, you know, so I was born in 75 and my mom probably really turned on the the color of orange in her life in the 70s and 80s, from what I can gather. And back then, I I don't think mental health was talked about as much as it is today. And my mom, who struggled with anxiety and depression, even if she didn't know it was anxiety and depression, I think orange for her was just this bright color that brought her joy. And as and at that time, nobody else liked the color orange either. So it was maybe like this was her unique thing. Certainly there's more orange out there today than there was then. But I think it just brought her joy. Yeah, brought her joy. Absolutely. What a legacy you have by wearing orange every day to honor your mother also. For my mom, it didn't have to match. Like she could wear multiple pieces of orange and it didn't matter as long as it was orange. And for me, it just helps me feel a little closer to her. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the reviews I I read, Mick, it said, Mick will make you laugh and cry. (laughs) Transform the way you live your life. Boy, what a great way to put it. Yeah. You know, sometimes those tears and the laughter can happen at the same time. Like, you you know, what, what I've learned through my life in this past decade is you can be full of joy and full of sorrow at the same time. And that you don't have to be one or the other, that all these different areas of your life can converge. But someone said to me the other day that I I create safe spaces where people can be vulnerable. Mm, Wow. And I think by sharing my story a little bit offers them a space to say, okay, we're having, we're having a real conversation, not just, Hey, here's my business card. Here's your business card. Let's go grab coffee and see if we can do business together. Right. Like, so yeah, I, I don't know about the making people laugh. That's probably where I struggle. I can probably make them cry easier than I can make <laughs> people laugh. But I'm sure you're, you're on the international speaker circuit. So I'm sure you got a few jokes and stuff <laughs> in you. So will you share with us? What does that look like? What does your business look like? Cause you have a lot of different kind of arms of what you're up to. Yeah. So. Really, I I do three things today. One, I speak and I speak around this, this topic of this hundred year manifesto, this bold statement for your life that can you put on one page, your mission, the words you live by, your core values, the causes you're passionate about, your life goals and your guiding principles. Like, can you put, you know, if, if a business spends thousands and thousands of dollars and hours upon hours of doing this, perhaps we as individuals should do something similar. So creating that that bold statement and why and how to do it. And then as my dad, after at age 72, my dad created his, or I guess he created his at age 70. And, you know, 40 years as a financial advisor, and he's checked all the boxes for a life well lived of rotary and chamber of commerce and 
church and all the things. And he discovered that his real mission in life is to be a minister of joy. And it just, it was this light bulb that went off in his life. Like that's who he's always been, but he never knew that's who he's always been. So I, I speak. And so he creates his hundred year manifesto. He reads it for two weeks and then he, he sends me a text message. He's like, Hey, I'm struggling. I'm like, what's going on, dad? He's like, how do I live it? Like, how do I actually do this? So speaking, and then I do more corporate engagements around the how to live your hundred year manifesto. What are tools and strategies to actually live it on a day to day basis? And then the third thing I, I, I do today is I build communities, kind of that safe space is I have uh, an event once a month in Minnesota called the best lunch ever. Uh, where it's just what if you just invite amazing people to a lunch with no program no presentation and just have lunch and let people amazing people be with other amazing people and then i I do a purpose-driven coffee event once a month with brian ingram who owns uh, a purpose-driven restaurants which includes breakfast bar here in the twin cities and it's conversations around you know again a similar what if we, you know, peel back the curtains a little bit, be open and honest and transparent with people about the good and the bad and the struggles of being purpose driven and how to go about it. So once a month we have a, a coffee and he and I kind of interview each other on it. And then the third one that I'm building is when people, you know, really love the content or they're like, hey, I want more of this rather than working with individuals one on one. I'm building an online community for purpose-driven leaders uh, around the world where they can join and be surrounded by other people who want to have these conversations, but also need not necessarily a peer group and not necessarily one-on-one coaching, but a community of people to walk alongside them, to ask them, to challenge them, to help lead each other in this space. So that's today what my my business and my life looks uh, like when I'm not being a dad. I should say, like, I, I cram all that in from 9.15 in the morning until 3.59 because the other times I'm a sidekick to my son, on his YouTube channel and playing Fortnite and doing all the things that I, I dads should be doing. And he's a soccer player, right? I am better at soccer today than I've ever been in my life <laughs> because we play all the time. He loves soccer. I can't get enough of it. And he's been, I, I just, I will encourage him in whatever pursuits that he wants. And it's soccer and Taekwondo and being in a rock band, I think are all pretty great things for him to do. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And the Hope Breakfast Bar, they keep growing and expanding. There's quite a few. I know there's one here in Egan now. Yeah. So so Brian Ingram of Hope Breakfast Bar, they opened about four years ago right now. And through the pandemic, you know, Brian and I, you know, prior to the pandemic, Brian and I uh, became friends and then through it just helped walk alongside him. And, you know, it just really shows what leading with purpose and saying like, we're going to do the right thing. Even if it's a bad business decision, like we're going to show up, we're going to give away hundreds of thousands of free meals during the pandemic. And because he did that, people just keep showing up. And from St. Paul to St. Louis Park to Egan to opening up in, you know, Maple Grove next year. And I think Woodbury's on the calendar. It's just like 
people want to be part of join people and causes. And Brian has a great cause of what they're doing and how they give away money and how they just show up and love and feed people. And I think even as a, as a person of faith to like let everything else fall by the waysides and say, like, we're called to love people. We're called to feed people. No asterisks, like no you know conditions around it. Like we don't care race, creed, you know, family situation, anything else. If you're hungry and you need a meal, here's some food. If you need somebody to love you, we love you. And so you get to do life differently than perhaps what I would have done 25 years ago, or we always get to change, to improve, to make different choices. And I'm a different person than I was you know, last year. I'm a different person than I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And hopefully you know, by continuing to surround myself with amazing people like the two of you, I continue to get better as a human too. You know, when you talk about the 100-year manifesto, a lot of people will do a storyboard every year. Just a one year, put it up on the wall and say, these are the eight or nine things I want to do this year. And I can't imagine the time it would take to put a 100-year manifesto together. But probably every day you say, oh, now I want to do this, or now I want to try that. Yeah, to, to me, you know, and, and I think especially coming from the, the financial advisory world, there's so much focus around stuff of buying a second house or a nicer car or different things. And to me, the 100 year manifesto is more around things you can't measure. You know, that legacy that 12 years after my mom died, people still send me photos of orange sunsets. And, you know, people still will see, send me pictures of orange flowers like that 100 year manifesto is different than as you alluded to, you know, kind of that annual goal setting session or the daily planner or like things of by this age, I want to be able to retire, like all that's great. But I want to put uh, a framework around it of why am I doing any of that? And maybe I want to have a second home or a cabin or whatever it might be because I want to be able to host my family there for, you know, or I want to host, you know, people who need a getaway. All right, I'm in, but let's have a reason why we're doing all of that. Not just the answer to how much is more. Like, I think that's in my experience in working with business owners in the past and, you know, clients of what's your goal for next year? And the answer is always, well, just more. And it's always 10% or 25%. Like there's always a round number, but the answer is always more. And I think as I've experienced life, more doesn't make you happier. Like purpose makes you happier. Having a reason for being makes you happier. And so creating this 100-year manifesto lets me make have a framework to say yes or no of what I want or what I don't want. Or you know, people will ask you, hey, do you want to be on this committee? And I'm like, oh, that somebody's amazing. No. Right, <laughs> somebody, right. somebody asked me that day, they were like, <laughs> hey, we're hosting this event. We'd love for you to be there. It's on, you know, Thursday, you know, two weeks from now. And I felt bad because I have a tough time saying no, but I'm like, I'm not going to be there. And I said it immediately and I kind right. of, like, it <laughs> yeah. came out of my Dr. mouth. I'm like, oh, that was, that wasn't like, 
perhaps I could have framed it up a little nicer. And she's like, I appreciate you just saying it. Yeah. And so, cause I'm like on Thursday nights, I'm with my son Yep. and he's got soccer practice or Taekwondo. Like yep. I'm not trading that for whatever event is going on. And so she had to appreciate your honesty right away. Yep. She did. She did. And I, I appreciated my honesty too. And I felt great after I did it, maybe five minutes later, <laughs> initially right. I'm like, ah, oh, man, at least you tell her maybe, and then tell her or, no, but just, just anyway. be straight up honest. I love it. I, I, I think that legacy though, is like, because I've made decisions in my life of what's really important to me, you know, my son's eight. And the time spent with him is what's most important. And I know it goes fast. It's went fast already. I'm 47. So I think I've experienced enough of my friends who somehow have grandkids and I have an eight year old, but how everybody talks about how fast it goes. And I try to be as intentional and deliberate with my time with him but I just want to be there for all the moments. And I, I missed him. So I was in Mexico city and I missed his first day of school. And yeah, had, I know had I told the organizer of the event that I was going to miss his first day of school, they would have said, well, then you're not coming. Like you can't miss his first day of school. And so I, I told my son, I wasn't going to be there for the first day of school. And he's like, that's okay, dad. Uh, we, we can celebrate on the, the second day of school. <laughs> and I'm like, well, actually, I'm not going to be there on the second day of school either. He's like, you know, third time's a charm. I'm going to be in third grade. We can celebrate on the third day. And I'm like, man, like, I don't know what I did to deserve this kid, but it's not the big event. I think everybody, sh it's, it's not hard to show up for the big event because a lot of times people in business or in life, they're like, I never miss the game or the graduation or, you know, like, it's not that it's all the small events, all the other, you know, 364 days a year that I'm with him. That's what matters. If he happened to miss his first day of school or his first goal in soccer, that's okay. Yeah. That's not what I'm trying to solve for. I'm trying to solve again, to raise a healthy man. Well, the, the special part of that is at 47, you learn something from an eight year old. It's a man. I, I learned more from this kid. I, I tried to teach him a lesson the other day, driving home from school and asked him, you know, his name's McAllister. I'm like, McAllister, what do you want to do tonight? And he's like, I don't know, dad, what do you want to do? And so he, he does this to me frequently of just kind of putting it back on me. And so I'm like, it's important for you to state what you want, because if you don't, then you'll always be doing things that other people want you to do. He's like, well, if I don't state what I want, then, you know, I will never become my true person. And I'm like, where did you Whoa. hear that from? I'm like, that, that, that's brilliant. And I'm hoping he's going to say like, oh, I heard it from you, dad. And he's like, no, nah, I just, just something I've been thinking about lately is being my true person. Because if I never state what I want, I'm always going to be doing what other people you know, want me to do. Or, you know, he just kind of goes on. So I pull over to the side of the road. He's like, what are you doing? And I wrote down the words true person. Love it. Because I'm like, that, that's brilliant. Just be your true person. Like. So often with kids, I think we ask them, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Totally. And I, I don't know. I, astronaut, race car driver, professional athlete, president, right. doctor, you know, whatever it might be. And I'm like, I really don't care what he is when he grows up. I care about who he is. 
And I think that's one of the reasons in society today, there's so much struggle with people who are depressed is that they're pursuing this what in their occupation. And whether you're a professional athlete or you're the president at some day, you're only the president for so long. You're only a professional athlete for so long. And then there's like this now what? But if we focus on who we are and who my son is going to become, and that's that's a purpose and a legacy that I think we can all rally around of like, who do you want to be when you grow up? And I want to be a good human. Yep. Like the best version of myself that I can be. Yep. That's it. Period. Yeah. And he may not have immediately said you, but obviously he hears you and he sees you and he's seeing how you're showing up. And so he's coming up with these really cool, you know, words to give back to you and being your true self. But he's obviously picking up that stuff from you. So make sure you give yourself credit for that, too, because he is he will be very much a part of, of your legacy doing that. I, I try to surround him with, with really good humans and <laughs> yeah. like, so it's, so it's not just his dad. Like, I don't want to be his coach in soccer. I want to surround him with great coaches. I don't coach him in Taekwondo because I don't know anything in Taekwondo. I want to surround him with a Taekwondo instructor, a great role model. And then it's, then I'm his guide and I don't have to be, you know, the one teaching him everything. I'm just trying to guide him through life. But yeah, I'm sure he's overheard a few conversations along the way, but I like that he comes up with his own terms and Absolutely. Uh, his own way, his own ways of thinking about it. So yeah, I, I learn Well, especially at that age. Yeah. Yeah. I joke of like the one of the reasons why I think I, I have anxiety in addition to everybody in my family having anxiety, but is that uh, my father's been in the life insurance industry since I was six years old. And so I'm sure I picked up some conversations along the way around About life death. insurance and yeah. dying and different <laughs> things. <laughs> At an early age, I'm like, oh, you know, I only have I only have an you know, average age of 78. I only have 72 years to live. That's you know, 2,400 days or 2,400 days, like all this stuff. Like I gotta go. But I'm sure I, I want him to pursue life on his terms in his own way. And so I think it's really cool that he comes up with some of these things. I had a fellow that I worked with one time with, uh, on his computer. There's some program you can put on that will estimate your lifespan. And every day it was ticking down and ticking down. I said, that would be the most depressing thing in the world to look at every day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much medicine I'd have to take to, to calm down from seeing that on my calendar. That's going through my head already. I don't need a reminder every day. Exactly. Of, we don't. Every that. time you turn a computer <laughs> on. So on a, a little cheerier deal, which one of your friends dubbed you Yoda? You know, I have a friend, Gario Harrison. And, we, we, you know, I tell you what, we didn't know each other that well at the time. And so Gario is what I call is like, he is this brilliant professor when it comes to sales and marketing and the convergence around revenue and when you talk to him about anything it's he takes you deep into whatever topic it is and i'm not a deep into most topics i'm like just some people you know they have the watch and they want to know how the watch works i'm like just tell me what time it is like does the watch look good what time is it we're all set and gario i bet we'd only known each other you know had a couple conversations over over the years and he gave me a book and inscribed in it was to Yoda. 
And from there on out, he, he's always called me Yoda, which uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not because I'm short, but because of me, my wisdom as that guide in life. Nice. 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 I love that. So in coming to us today, is there anything else that you were hoping to talk about? So we talked about the 100 year manifesto. We talked about the other things that you got going on. Let's talk about leadership. So let's talk about that for a second, because you're trying to help leaders be better and be more purpose driven. You know, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's I got asked one time I was I was being filmed for this video series and they asked me what my leadership style was. And I'm like, I'm on camera, you know, the lights are on, you're hot already, you're being interviewed. And Mick, what is your leadership style? And they were expecting some sort of, you know, INJF, you know, Marriage Briggs, you know, this or that. And I'm like, well, Popeye once said, I am what I am and that's all that I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. And and before, you know, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, well, it, it came out of my mouth. I got to run with it because... It's out there and they're going to use this clip. But I, what I said about Popeye was like, he owned being a sailor man. He didn't come up with a fancy title. He didn't apologize for it. He's just like, I am what I am. And that's all that I am. You know, he states his name and he states his occupation. And I think so often in leadership and in life, we try to perhaps inflate our position or our influence or our authority rather than just like, I'm just me like in leadership. The best thing you can do is lead yourself first. And if you're really great at leading yourself, you don't have to be great at leading other people because they're going to follow you. And so much leadership is built around how to be better at leading other people. And I think we as humans follow people who lead themselves really well. And I think that's of, of anything I have in, in, in leadership is that focus on that locus of control of I have control over myself. And so often people are so angry and pointing fingers in every other direction rather than what do I have control over? And I have control over living my own life, my own choices, living my hundred year manifesto. And that's about it. Like at the end of the day, lead yourself first, focus on that, and perhaps everything else will shake out the way it's going to shake out. I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that. Very, very, very inspirational. So Popeye and Yoda, like I got <laughs> yeah. all sorts of like really deep <laughs> philosophers in, in my <laughs> Yep, it works. I was thinking as I was uh, writing some notes, Fab, with uh a hundred years from now, someone could be listening to this podcast and say, we were spot on with what we were talking about in our conversations. Or what were they thinking back in 2023? But I think it's going to be more spot on. I think most of my ideas, I either want to be like, that idea is brilliant or that idea is terrible. Like, I, I don't want like an in-between. That was an okay idea. So if I'm going to go pursue anything... I want it to be either like, I think this is great, let's do it. And it's going to either not be great or it is going to be great, but I want it to be me. And so hopefully a hundred years from now, whether or not they, they listen to the podcast, perhaps their life, whether or not they know it is influenced by the lives and the choices of the three of us. 
in ways that maybe they'll never know or appreciate, but that their life is a better life because of us. Mm, Love that. You know, so purpose, obviously, you know, purpose driven that you talk a lot about that. But in everything that I've also just heard, I just hear just uh, genuine, I mean, super genuine, humble, integrity. So those are all just huge descriptors in this conversation that I'm picking up from you on who you are and how you're living your life and what you're bringing to the world. And I love right now, especially, I mean, I think about it. So Mandy, my daughter is 20. You have an eight-year-old. John has other grandkids between 18 and 23. And you think about, you know, 100 years from now, this world, right? And so, as you said, like 100 years from now, if we can now make decisions that will impact 100 years from now, that's what we all have to be doing because we're doing that for our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and how many ever generations that is. And especially in today's world with everything that's going on, there's no better time for us to be having these hard conversations and using that lens of personally how do I make decisions that will impact 100 years from now? Because as you said, we all have that opportunity to use that. Yeah, I think it, it changes how we define success. And, you know, per, perhaps I won't, you know, I, I heard once that the king and the pawn go back into the same box and that no matter how much stuff that we have, you know, the result is still the end, you know, and but those, your life that you live echoes into eternity. And it's not the stuff that you have that echoes into eternity, but your life does. And what do you want that echo to sound like? And I think perhaps if we had more uh, conversations like this or more of a focus on what's really important 100 years from now, maybe we would, we would have a better place for all of us to live today and our kids and grandkids and great grandkids in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just really want to thank you for spending time with us. And I will make sure in the show notes that we've got, you know, ways for people to find you and what you're up to and support you. And you have, we've talked recently, but you've been doing quite a bit of international travel, which has to be fun. So you were just in Mexico City and then I think you were in the Philippines. What next international travel is taking you somewhere? I'm headed to, to Bangkok, Thailand later this month, and it just blows me away. Like, I'd, I often think of like my mom who thought banana Twinkies had real bananas in them. I just think about what she must be thinking, seeing her baby boy, you know, on the other side of the world, telling stories about her and talking about, you know, purpose and meaning, a life of significance. So, yeah, I'm headed to Thailand next month and or later this month. And I it's not even real, right? Like it's not real until you show up and you're like, I can't believe I'm here. When I was in Mexico City, it was translated live like they didn't even speak English. And I their English was about as good as my Spanish, which is pretty rough. And I just keep thinking like, this is pretty amazing and all of life is just pretty amazing. And I'm just trying to be, as you mentioned, you know, just, I'm just competing with the best version of myself and just trying to live the life that I'm called to live. And it's going to take me wherever it's going to take me. And apparently this year meant the Philippines and Mexico city and Thailand. And I have no idea where it's going to take me next year, but I'm excited to see what happens next. I love it. 
Love it. Well, congratulations to you. And your mother is very much traveling this journey with you. And you have a birthday. Is it this Wednesday or next Wednesday? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Okay. This podcast will drop on Friday. So a shout out to your birthday coming up and you have a lunch that day. I won't be able to be there, but I will be cheering you on. (laughs) All right. Thank you. I'd like to thank Mick White for leaning in and wanting to be on our podcast. I know that I will be working on my 100-year manifesto, and I will start looking through the lens of if I make this decision, how will it impact my daughter and the generations to come? As always, I thank my father-in-law, John Simon, for co-hosting with me. And John and I wanted to make sure that we acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on September 11th, the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. And it certainly is a day for all of us to remember all of the lives that were lost. We thank you for tuning in. Until next time.